All right, it's time for the Global Threat Report. Ladies and gentlemen, Global Threat Solutions, a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here in Suffolk County. Also offices in the city, Miami, L.A., overseas, Frankfurt, and uh, Mumbai. And, of course, talking about the great CEO and President Ken Bombay's 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience, served as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East. company does so much. Uh, go to the website, fantastic website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Make a phone call, any questions, services galore uh, from the captain's company. 646-946-6649. You go to the website, uh, globalthreatsolutions.com. Uh, Global Threat Solutions, call them today for peace of mind and uncertain times. As we bring in the aforementioned uh, captain, Ken Bombay. Sir, good to have you. So much is going on. Uh, including the latest, we just brought it up a couple of minutes ago regarding the WNBA star Brittany Griner detained for months, as we know, in a Russian prison, the drug charges and everything else released uh, in a prisoner exchange uh, for the international arms dealer and terrorist, Victor Bout. And, uh, you know, coming at a time of heightened tensions, war in Ukraine, months of... Uh, what I would gather would be some tense negotiations between the Kremlin and the president who will speak on this in just a minute or two before the cameras. Uh, but in essence, uh, you know, I, I kind of said, you know, Griner for Bout and two terrorist draft choices down the road here. My goodness. Uh, isn't the mantra of the United States not to negotiate regarding uh, anything involved regarding terrorism? That's the thought that came into my mind. And by the way, uh, did somebody forget Paul Whelan? Another American who has been detained over there for, what, nearly four years? What happened to him regarding this whole thing? Couple of, lots of questions on this, Cap. Yeah, that's right, Jay. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so this case has been going on a long time. We've talked about it quite a bit. She was just released. In fact, she's in U.S. custody right now. And she was, as you said, exchanged for an arms dealer named Victor Bout, who was, we believe, it's early reporting right now, we believe has American blood on his hands, as, as well as probably the people of many other countries. He's an arms dealer and, and terrorist. So these types of exchanges have been going on forever. And we've seen these, if you've ever seen the movie Bridge of Spies, where they had, um, uh, they had, uh, Pilot Francis Gary Powers was exchanged for a Russian pot spy. Similar things. We knew that, that that's how this was going to eventually end. It's been going on a while, but we knew that's what Russia was looking for. They didn't want to keep her over there for nine years in some penal colony, like they said. They were looking for an exchange for somebody they wanted. And, you know, no one should be celebrating her as some kind of a hero right now. It was her reckless behavior. This is a stupid act. She tried to sneak drugs into Russia, which is, I think, in anybody's mind, a bad idea. She got caught. And, of course, Russia was going to play their hand, especially with what's going on right now between uh, them and Ukraine and the U.S. supporting Ukraine uh, so strongly. So we knew that now they had a chip. They were going to try and play it, and they did. So now we, what happened is her reckless behavior basically forced our hand and now we've had to release this dangerous person back to russian authorities which is not a good thing and now the president's going to come on and speak of this like it's some kind of a uh, success with his administration that they were able to get her back i mean I i'm glad she's home i'm glad she's not going to spend that that amount of time for a relatively minor uh, 
crime, even in, in Russia. But this was a distraction from really serious issues, like a war with Ukraine. And like I said, now we've had to release somebody back to them who is a dangerous person, and all because of her, her actions. And let's make it very clear, very clear. You know, she has had instances uh, for a long time regarding her disagreements with this country. This country, folks. The United States of America. Uh, in which, you know, she has shown disrespect in many a way. And a lot of people are saying, wow. Uh, you know, the intensity of it all, and you're right. Her negligence. Her negligence. I mean, when you travel abroad and you have a mindset, and I don't care what it is, marijuana, fentanyl, cocaine, I don't care if it's cannabis oil in a vape cartridge. It is still illegal, and you are setting yourself up as far as what could be from a legal end of things as what happened to her. And obviously, she was completely negligent in that regard. But let's not forget that this woman stood for her own ideas, okay, on how she felt was the right thing to do, completely, completely disregarding the morality involved as far as the United States of America. Let's not forget that, Cap. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here, I can't even hear what they're saying, Jay, but I see the press conference has started right now with President Biden, Vice President, the Secretary of State. And, you know, they're sitting here with smiles as if this is such a great uh, success by their administration. And like I said, we all knew this was going to eventually happen. I'm glad she's home, but this isn't a success. You just gave away. This is not a fair trade, if you ask me. This is a dangerous person. We just had to return back to the Russians so that some... You know, uh, knucklehead athlete who brought drugs into Russia gets to come back home. I'm, again, I'm glad she's home. I don't want to see her over there. But this is not a big success. It was a, unfortunately, it was a necessary evil. We had to do this to get her back. She put us and our country in a really bad position. This is nothing to be celebrated right now. Not. And what about Paul Whelan? What's happening to him? You know? I mean, listen, Griner does not come home without Paul Whelan, Cap. Sorry, doesn't yeah. happen. Paul Willen should not be detained. Should not be detained. He should be out of there. So I don't want to yeah. hear the pats on the back. I, you know, the, you, you're looking at this picture now. It makes you sick. As far as this press conference is concerned. Kamala in the background there with a the smirk. I mean, come on. Yep. Stop. Sickening. Anyway, we got a lot to discuss. Um, let's let's can we do let's do Idaho first. Maybe sure. a break in this case. Picture of a white Elantra, 2020-2021, possibly. Uh, they you know listen a lot of cameras and whatnot. It's college campus, the ghost town. Think about college campuses, well, okay. Saturday into Sunday, I correlated with my own son upstate New York, Alfred. Um, in which you know kind of the same deal. You know, two three in the morning, four in the morning. Like ghost town, ghost town, cold snow, the whole thing. Uh, killer breaks into the house, kills four people. How did he get away? What do you think? He's going to go on foot? 
Got to be a car somewhere. Well, finally, he got a photo of a white Elantra. So a real break here, possibly. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Your take, sir. So, yeah, Jay, this, this case seems to be moving slowly, and that frustrates many people watching this. But that's due to a few things. First, we have a small police agency that was initially responsible for this investigation, so we got a slow start. They are not prepared for this type of a uh, investigation. In the modern era, also, we're a bit spoiled. We expect immediate progress in these types of crimes due to advances in, in investigations and technology that we have, and people get frustrated. They want, and they also want to be informed of every detail of the investigation along the way, and that's just not the way these investigations go. They've made progress we simply don't know about, and, and they're not releasing. Now, it's not just this police agency. Now, we have the state police, we have the FBI, and we have confidence there. There's investigations going in the right direction. So, um, as far as what happened most recently, is they, and, and we discussed this previously on your show, is that, you know, it doesn't matter. what One of the first things you do with these crime scenes um, is they're going to look for video, right? In the modern era, it, I don't care if it's just a, a burglary or a robber, whatever it might be, is there any video? And it doesn't have to be at that location. You get on the street at the gas station, and they're going to have investigators go. It's painstaking. They're going to go to all these locations on campus, everywhere in the vicinity, and they're going to have to painstakingly review all that video, see if they see anything of interest. So that's one of the things they do when they could determine things like this. But one way they, one thing that was important is they determined this white Hyundai Elantra that was found in the area. They believe they haven't given details that the occupants will have information concerning the crime. They kept it very vague. But this is, uh, they're being very selective about what they release. They have more information than the public knows now. And again, that can be frustrating. Forget about for the public, especially for the families who want to see progress made in this. I believe they have more than they're, they're letting out, and that's the way these should be. They should only let out information if it advances the investigation and not just to appease people, and that's what they're doing. And on a side note, I think also they just reported that families have finally re received the victim's belongings back. And you can imagine right now this must be so hard for the families who are still waiting for justice to be served, and it's right at Christmas time, and they just were given all their, their belongings back. But... Little by little, they're making progress. Hopefully, this vehicle turns out to be something significant. And I'm, I'm assuming they would not have released um, the statement they did about that vehicle if they didn't think that there was going to be some relation. Hey, Kev, there's so much frustration in this case. You know, you look at the families of these victims who are now, they have hired their own personal investigators involved here and really calling out to the uh, chief. I think his name is James Fry of Moscow Police Department over there in Idaho. Uh, and it seems that Fry, you know, gets before the cameras whenever they do. I don't know how how uh, productive that could be, but your take as far as the sounding off and whatnot, and being as it may, maybe, maybe the investigation has gone awry. You know, there's been some instances, you know, throwing out evidence. We saw the the garbage bags. Uh, after Thanksgiving, or, or right there in and around Thanksgiving, where they threw away all those garbage bags, you wonder about those who have been questioned if they have gotten off without more intensity involved. Uh, and of course, by the way, Joe Biden leaves the press room without a question being asked to him, which is the usual sense. But that's the with a grinder. 
if you're just tuning in, Brittany Gorin of Freedom Exchange for arms dealer Victor Bell. But what about that aspect? You know this better than anyone. I mean, is it warranted for individuals to say, you know what, I'm frustrated, i got to get my own type of deal going here with the investigation, and how does that play on as far as the mainstay type of enforcement, being the Moscow Idaho Police Department, and how they're handling this? So, so a few, few things I'll say about that is, you know, it is true that they initially were the investigating agency, and, and there are mistakes that can be made early on that could impact an investigation. Again, I think they're not doing themselves service by having the Moscow Police Department handle these press conferences, or at least as much as they do. Um, I think people would have a lot more confidence if we saw more state police and FBI personnel up there updating people on the adva- on how this investigation is advancing right now. Because we're no one, no one in this investigation, no one in the country has confidence in the Idaho Police Department, the I- Moscow Idaho Police Department, to solve this crime. So, but it is their jurisdiction, and obviously they give them that that uh, the ability to to handle these press conferences. So, were mistakes made early on? I'm sure they were. I think they've uh, they've gained a lot of ground since then when they brought in the FBI and the state police. Not all crimes are solved as quickly as as we want. As far as those private investigators, I'm sure that's a big nuisance for the police uh, who are conducting this investigation. And but what it does is it puts pressure puts pressure on them. And also, they serve as a conduit for the um, they serve as a conduit for the families and the law enforcement, where they're going to be able to get them information and sort of like a liaison for them in these cases. So, uh, are they? They're probably just getting information that the law enforcement would allow to be released to these investigators for the family, which is minimal. I doubt that they're able to, you know, interfere or jeopardize this investigation in any way. base let's move to ukraine the invasion could take a while this is from the russian president yesterday uh cap in vladimir putin who said uh, and he kind of you know keeps on with his warning of the increasing threat of nuclear war and pretty pretty much said he viewed the russian nuclear arsenal as a deterrent rather than a prov- provocation hasn't dismissed the idea of using nuclear weapons outright and he you know he kind of accentuated that they're not nuts they're not crazy for thinking this way that he's aware of what nuclear weapons are uh, you know and reiterated they have the means not going to brandish the weapons like a razor running around the world as he put it but it certainly comes uh, as the Biden administration now kind of weighing Ukrainian request to, to for access to the U.S. stockpile of of some of the munitions there, and, uh, you know, interesting. We haven't really heard in full explanation of that of Putin regarding nuclear weaponry, you know? Yeah, so, Jay, we, we've talked about Ukraine probably more than anything else, and um, yesterday, as you know, was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor attack, and at that attack, at the time, we were reluctant as a country to get involved in, in World War II, and and now we it's a shame that it took that right that that woke the sleeping giant and we then started up the war machine but it took that it took that crisis for us to get come together as a country put all of our differences aside and focus on the the war it's a shame that right now as we have just passed our our, a very high profile very important midterm elections in this country not even in the top five was vladimir putin 
and Russia, threatening us with nuclear weapons, not even in the top five of Americans' concerns. Not China. China, who is also every bit as uh, more of a threat, probably, and also making threats, bailed threats, threatening Taiwan. These weren't even in the top five concerns of your average American. So it would be great if we could, as a country, recognize these threats without there being this. Do we, do we need to have a battlefield nuke uh, be detonated in Ukraine for us to wake up? Do we need China to move on Taiwan? Do we need one of these things to happen, these crises, for us to come together as a country, say, all right, these, these are domestic differences. We need to push past this the same way we did after 9-11 and say we need to be prepared. We need to start the war machine now. We, should, we needed to start it five years ago. But we need to start it right now, Jay, and be prepared for these threats that we're facing. China is, is unstable right now with what you see going on over there. As we know, Vladimir Putin's very unstable. He's He's been losing a war that he thought would be over in a week. He's made uh, numerous threats and references to nuclear weapons. This is serious stuff. And my, I've been in, I was in the military a long time, and part of that time was as a military intelligence officer. This is the most dangerous times I've experienced in my lifetime and as an American. And I don't think people are recognizing that. I hope it doesn't take something really bad to happen for us to come together as a country and face these threats. A question without a question all that's going on i'll tell you that much uh it's no wonder you feel that way and especially you know you throw china into the mix and all these protests with covid and everything else uh and they've let up a little bit china has you know you wonder if uh maybe a message got to Xi and the regime you know stating the fact and listen when you have twenty five thousand cases a day of covid coming into play over there cap i mean what was the reason that uh, Chi and company decided, you know what, let's loosen it up somewhat here. Yeah. So, Jay, you know, people think that they're impervious to these types of protests and, and pressure by the public. They're, they're scared, Jay. And this is what the scary thing of that is it's, in, it's the instability of a country like China. They recognize this is a legit threat that they're facing right now with these people pushing back as hard as they are. This isn't the first time we've seen these types of protests since Tiananmen Square. They had the, during the initial China lockdown for COVID, there was pushback then. There was pushback against the Chinese banking system in 2021, where people were refusing to pay their mortgages. Um, and now we see these violent pro. There was there were violent protests actually for workers at an iPhone factory not long ago, and now we see these massive protests for the zero COVID policy. And now China had to relent. They had to say, "All right, we're going to make a change right now." But I'll tell you, they're in a bad position. There's, it's really a lose-lose because there's estimates they're going to, without these policies, these uh, draconian policies in place, they might lose up to 1.6 million people because they're China, uh, COVID's a real problem over there. Their vaccines are not as effective as ours are, and, and now the, uh, many of the people over there do not have a resistance. So they're facing a lot of problems, but he, they were so afraid of this pushback by the public that they actually, they're changing their zero COVID policy, which might surprise a lot of people. But like I said, they are not impervious to the, to protest. And we should, as a country, so aggressively right now, be supporting those protesters, condemning the Chinese government, and doing everything we can to undermine them. They're our enemy, pure and simple. That's what this is. And we don't treat them that way. And that's what it needs to be. We've seen them with their, they have a plan by 2028 to t- be the strongest economy in the world. That's fallen. They're not in a position to do that. They have 
job issues, economy issues over there. And now, as we see, just an unhappy populace. So this is our time where we need to really be supporting these people, supporting freedom and opposing China in every way we possibly can. That's what needs to be happening, happening right now. No question. Uh, no question about it. Thus, the threat from a global standpoint, as far as China is concerned, in the meeting that he, she had with Biden a couple of weeks ago in Bali, uh, you know, again, none of this was discussed as far as the COVID, the origin, and everything else. But in essence, um, you mentioned an excellent point regarding the vaccines for a virus to have the origin of where it was and not to be fully uh, implemented as far as protection is concerned is baffling to me, baffling. But uh, all in all, we will continue to discuss. Listen, there is more to discuss. I want to get into the Trump stuff. I want to get into the Hunter Biden stuff, laptop, as well as uh, Twitter. And I'd like to bring you back tomorrow when we have a little more time. How's that? Two very important topics there. And I want to yep. uh, certainly, uh, you know, explore that with you tomorrow morning, my friend, if you have the time to come with us again. I do. I'll be 